listening to Killer Be Killed here on the More Than Punk podcast. I'm Seb Mackay, and this week I am talking with singer-songwriter Greg Pocato from Killer Be Killed and Dillinger Escape Plan. And this week we have really got something special for you. I'm telling you, this conversation with Greg is fan-fucking-tastic. We talk a lot about life lessons, things that Greg's learned, things that Greg wants to pass on. We talk about being starstruck as well, seeing Brad Pitt around LA and Zach Taylor Roacher at Trader Joe's, but also really digging into Greg's creative process and what it took to bring out this new album. We talk a little bit more as well about his life, He doesn't really go out much. Turns out he spends a lot of his time playing video games, writing songs, and just hanging out. You're going to love this episode, especially if you're a fan of Dillinger and Kill Be Killed. This is my conversation with Greg Picardo here on the More Than Punk podcast. How have you been, dude? Good, man. I mean, as good as you could be with uh, this uh, whole shit show that's going on over here right now. Like, you know... The, I mean, the COVID is one thing, but you know, you got the uh, this, this electoral nonsense going on over here right now. So, you know, besides that, everything's great, man. Kicking ass. Got a couple records out this year. Managed to be busy the whole time. Yeah, can't can't be uh, can't complain. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you guys are obviously everywhere at the moment with the new album, and I know that you you did all the Dillinger stuff and you've been doing this a long time. Is it still weird when you know? Um, publications like Metal Hammer are like these guys are the best band of the last ten years and stuff. Or do you just kind of get used to it? I mean, I don't. I don't really look at it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't really look at it. I just do these things and then I just don't care anymore. Like I do. I put. I. 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 Be, I put the records out. I. You know. I sing on. I mean, I write the music and sing and record them, and then like. I do these things, you know, interviews and stuff. But then I just don't really look. Honestly, when publicists send me reviews, I don't even look at them. I just. I just humor them and you know, tell them I got their email and then I don't even look. I don't care. And I don't do it because I'm I'm trying to like be a dick. I just don't care. Like I really don't like I don't fucking care. I have a life, you know. Yeah, and also you've been doing this for so long now. I've been doing it for fucking twenty years. It's like, yeah. like I don't I don't get you know get off on like sitting around listening to this. If I didn't think it was good, I wouldn't have put it out. So the the worst the best thing that can happen is someone else tells me it's good too, and then I'm like, well, yeah, I, I thought that obviously, or else I wouldn't have released it. And the worst <laughs> thing, the worst thing is that someone's like, this sucks, and then you're like, oh fuck, really? Like why did I think it was good? So then it fucks you up. So there's really no no real reason to, uh, you know, for me, the satisfaction is like, I'm so stoked on making this stuff. And I love mm-hmm. playing shows and I love being on tour and I love writing music. And I love being in the studio. And like, you know, I love listening back to something and thinking like I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish with this. And that, that sounds the way I wanted it to sound and feeling excited about it. And, you know, getting and knowing that people are going to hear it and seeing it being released and like, you know, that kind of thing. I, I dig all that. But, like, as far as, like, someone blowing smoke up your ass, it's like, it's nice. I mean, it's cool. It's like, I, mm-hmm. I like that people care. And I'm amazed that 20 years in, I'm, you know, there's people that care about what I do. And it's, it's, it's neat. You know, it affords me a life of being able to, like, do exactly what I want with my time, which is cool. And that's, that's about it. Like, what is it that keeps you fresh? I mean, you've got you've got so many albums under your belt, man. And, you know, like, life for everyone starts to take, like, a bit of a routine, right? So, like, where do you just keep getting it all from? How deep is that well? I mean, it's pretty deep. I don't, I haven't lost my enthusiasm at all for it. Like, it's only gotten stronger. Like, yeah, you know, so I look, I look at this as, like, a pretty lifelong thing. Like, if I really pinpoint it, I guess it really started, to, you know, it started actively around nine. Like, around nine years old, I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew exactly that I wanted to do this for a living like I wanted to make music and I wanted to put it out and like I wanted to do this stuff and like I've pretty much been singularly focused since then and I'm I, I keep my life that way like I don't really there's nothing else in my life that 
is anywhere close to as important as this to me. Like I don't have a family, I don't have kids. And like, I don't, I love it. Like I love every aspect of it so much. I wake up every day with new ideas. I've, I've got, you know, every day I've got three or four or five new ideas that are either in my voice notes, you know, of my phone mm-hmm. or, or I recorded them with a guitar or I woke up and they were just there and I was like, oh shit, let me, let me like hum this riff into the phone or let me get this vocal melody into the phone. And like, there's just so much of those that I could, I could spend the next 10 years just sorting through starting points that I've already been collecting for the next, for the last 20 years that like I, and they just keep coming every day. So I'm, I'm you know, I don't know. I, I worry that it's going to run out. That's my fear. I'm just like, one yeah. day it's going to run out, but it hasn't. So uh, I can't sit around thinking about that too much. You know, every time I put a record out, I always think that might be it. Like, I'm like, oh, that's it. I think that's it. You know, I don't think I have any more because you feel that way at the time. Mm. You're like exhausted. And then you wait a couple of weeks and it all just keeps coming back again. You're like, oh, fuck. Thank God, you know, because I don't know what else I would do. It's like a, I guess, a sense of not um, convincing yourself into paralysis, right? Like if you're sitting there going, oh, I'm over, it's done, it's done, it's, it's just going to stop, right? Yeah, I mean, just live your life. And it, to me, I'm always not, I'm not a forcer. I don't like to force things. I don't like treat writing like an exercise. I don't sit down and think like, I'm going to write something right now. Like, and I don't sit down and think I'm going to write, I, I don't try to make a song sound anyway. I'm not like a fan where I'm like, I'm going to write a song that sounds like this other thing that I'm a fan of. I just wait. And then it just shows up, you know, but when it shows up, it's very important that you grab it because if you don't, it's gone. you got to mm. get it. Like right when that moment happens, you got to get it. And uh, it, it, you have to stop whatever you're doing. Like if you're at a restaurant, you're eating with your friends. If you're in the middle of playing a fucking video game, it, whatever it is, if you're in the shower, like you've got to grab it because if you wait, it's gone and then you can never get it back. So you got to get that initial starting point. You got to catch it when it comes to you, you know, and you really don't know when that's going to happen. And, and you just got to be ready for them. I used to do this thing where I would like I'd be starting to fall asleep at night and I'd have a great idea and I would famous last words I'll write Everybody them down in that. the morning. You don't. And then it's you just don't. Gone. And, yeah, in the morning it's gone. And you have like some kind of like weird approximation of it that's nowhere near as good as the actual thing that you had when you were getting ready mm. to fall asleep. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like where do all the, the I, but I guess that's the thing, right? Is your best ideas come when your brain is focused on something else? It sort of like frees it up. Yes, I find that where the more you're relaxed and you're not focusing the more you're able to just let things float through and I you know a lot of times when I'm in activities where I have to be fully present in that other activity is when they happen you know like if you're driving a car or if you're like you know in the middle of a a run like I I, like a lot of times I run and like uh, I'll run with you know airpods in and I'll listen to something that I'm working on like a like music or something like that and a vocal pattern or a melody that hasn't come to me at all like when I've tried it's suddenly just there you know, like while I'm in the middle of a run or while I'm like driving somewhere and then I'm like, oh shit, you know, I got to stop what I'm doing and like pull out my phone and make sure I don't lose it. What's the um, the best idea that you feel like you've you've let slip away when you've just, I don't know, you've been too focused on something else and you thought I'll grab it in a second and then it's just gone? I don't know because they're gone. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, mean? like, <laughs> I do. I've definitely had them though. Like I've definitely had a couple recently that have had a, reminded me to not fucking... You know, I have really bad ADD. So for me, if I, I can't hold it for more than like a couple minutes without it being gone. And, and like I'll tell myself like just the other day, I, within like the last three or four days, I had like a really good uh, something that could have easily turned into a, a good song. And like I let it go. I, I don't know what I was doing. I was taking a shower or something. And I, I let it go. And I was or, or I said to myself, I'll grab this as soon as I get out. Let me make sure as soon as I get out of the shower, I, I get this. And then uh, and then I didn't. And only like 20 minutes went by and then I remembered and then it was that I didn't and it was gone completely. I had no fucking clue what it, what it was, but I knew that I knew in the moment that it was good. I was like, ah, oh, shit, this is a good one. 
and then uh you know this is a single you know because after doing it for this long you can tell when they're going to end up being like like a you know one of the ones that kind of pokes through and then i just didn't grab it so i'm hoping that it floats back through again but i've got you know you get all hippy dippy with the shit the older you get and like i believe that like if you if you don't act on this shit the universe will like pass you by it'll be like hey man you know what you're fucking gonna we're gonna start giving these to someone else you know if you're not gonna mm-hmm. fucking start catching if you're gonna start missing if you miss too many of these it's like you're gonna fucking you know you put the game the coach will take you out of the game you know can't miss too many passes man you're gonna fucking get yanked out of the game so the universe is throwing you the ball you gotta catch that shit yeah totally and that's the thing when you're making a living i was gonna say not with your hands but that sounds fucking stupid but i guess what i mean is by like like a creative pursuit intellectual pursuit right it's like that is your your bread and butter well, it's my job, yeah. So it's like I, I stay on all the time. Like I don't, th- I don't treat create, I don't treat creativity like it's something that you turn off or that like you're just like. If anything, like I have to make myself turn it off now because I, I'm like kind of receptive at all times, and I will stop anything I'm doing to kind of like grab this stuff. And uh, like I have a life where I pretty much put that before anything. And I stay home a lot. Like I don't, I don't, I don't go out a lot. So it's like I'm always kind of ready to grab shit like when it when it shows up. But uh, I have to, you know, it's so it's so prevalent in my, in my life and I, I, that I have a hard time, uh, getting away from it. You know, that's my issue is that I have a hard time doing anything else. And I'm, I'm so obsessed with it that I have a hard time having fun in a capacity that isn't connected to, to work. So mm-hmm. I have to force myself to, you know, uh, you know, usually, usually that just means get obliterated, but yeah, yeah, I have to force, <laughs> I have to force myself to go out, you know, with friends or do something that involves just like i'm gonna get so fucked up that i'm not gonna i'm gonna forget that i you know make shit for a living and that way i can at least have fun for a couple hours yeah so it's like in the before times when we were allowed to go to concerts and stuff if you're watching a band you it just like triggers you right and you're like oh i could do that differently or better or that's an idea for this or something else yeah man i don't i don't know i kind of i don't i don't yeah, I don't know about concerts. I try not to. Uh, I try to treat. If I go to a concert, I usually just use that as an ex- that as one of those times. You know, I try to just yeah. get fucked up. I'm just gonna get fucked up and try to act like and try to be a fan as much as I can. I don't want to sit there like, uh, you know, because it's really hard. Like I will. I, it's like if you're a filmmaker and you're watching a movie, I'm sure it's impossible to have a good time. You're just sitting there, you know, fucking uh, overanalyzing every shot and every line and every fucking performance. Yeah. And like, so if, yeah, if I see a band, I just pretty much have to get fucked up. There's no. Uh, there's in, in order for me to not do that or else I'll just be the dick with his arms crossed, you know, being like, oh, he could have done that differently or would have done that, you know. So I gotta, in order for me to just have fun and sing along like a normal, you know, like a regular idiot, I got to fucking I gotta get juiced up. Yeah, you definitely don't strike me as the kind of guy that's just going to stand there with his arms folded, bobbing his head every now and again. Thinking, yeah, I try not to, yeah. It must be weird, too, though. Like if you go to certain shows and stuff, people see you and know you and then it's like work life is back on uh yeah well i try to avoid that you know like it's i try yeah, to totally. uh, i try to go i hate to say this but yeah especially in california you know, la where i live it's like I, I, you know it's, it's obviously hard if you're watching small something small where there's no whether it's you know it's a little club but if you're watching a big band you know you kind of try to just make sure that you go into the vip section as fast as possible so you don't end up just getting your face chewed off by someone who's telling you about the 30 dillinger escape plan shows they've seen you know yeah, yeah, or the or the thirty tattoos that they've got, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it, you just want to you just want to not get taken out of it. You know, that's to me the thing. You want to be able to just like be present as an audience member. But I mean, I I never get mad at people, man. You gotta. It's totally it's incredible that people care. You know, so I'm always like cool about it. But like, yeah, sometimes you just want to fucking get fucked up and watch a show. Yeah. 
I'm so guilty of that shit. Like, I'll just there. There have been so many moments doing this um, this job where I've just like burst into a cloud of dust because the and you have these weird out of body experiences where you're just kind of holding your head in your hands. Like, am I really this person? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never. Do you get uh, starstruck? No, I don't. No? I don't. I mean, I've had like I'm, most of my peers. Uh, a lot of my heroes have become like my friends at this point, so it's kind of tough for me to. Uh, like anyone that I could have ever imagined would be like the biggest person ever. Like I've met them and, you know, I could send a meme to at this point, you know, so it's like, you mm-hmm. kind of got to get, you got to get past that. Oh, after a while, it's like I'm 40. So yeah, I don't, I, sometimes I miss that. Like I have to go back. What I do now is I try to go back and I tell like my nine year old self or 13 year old self, like I try to get that guy stoked, you know, I try to go mm-hmm. back and be like, Hey man, Hey, 10 year old Greg, like when you're 40, like, you know, all these, a lot of the people that you're into right now, you're just going to fucking, send memes to and, and then they're gonna be like what's a meme and i'm gonna be like well you're gonna, have a <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna have a smartphone and you're gonna and you know guy from this band is also gonna have one you're gonna be buzzed and he would have gotten really stoked you know so i i think i get more starstruck now like the only time i ever get starstruck is by like uh i think actors like or like sports people are more bizarre yeah. to me because that you see them more it's yeah. like so when you see them in person sometimes it's like seeing a cartoon you're like whoa bugs bunny's a real person like that kind of thing <laughs> You know, like you see like, you know, Brad Pitt or something that I saw Brad Pitt at a massive attack show last year. Like he was like three feet away from me. And like we were both in the same VIP section. But like you can't act like a goofball. But like there's Mm. certain people that are like you're just like, whoa, that's wild. You know, and then like it doesn't I don't get like that if I see someone in Metallica now because it's like, you know, it's like a thousand times, you know. But like if you see Brad Pitt, you're like, oh, whoa, that's weird. He's a real person. It looks exactly like him. That's crazy. There's like, a, you know, there's a real person in the world that looks like Brad Pitt that is Brad Pitt. That's weird. You know, that kind of like yeah. throws you sometimes to see people from TV or uh, or movies. But it's not it's not like a starstruck. It's more just like a the curiosity of seeing something that you've seen on a screen so many times, seeing it for real. Mm-hmm. You know, in real life, that's the, they're like they're wearing a, like it's like a watching a looking at a person wearing a Brad Pitt costume, you know. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. I, and I guess in L.A., you're surrounded by all kinds of different famous people all the fucking time. Well, that's right? it. L.A. desensitizes you, too. So, like, if you live in L.A., your reality in general is just different than people anywhere else in the world, because it's like you can see, you know, Zaki LaRocca buying produce at the Trader Joe's. It's not that crazy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas uh, I live in Scotland and all of our famous people have died and have been turned into statues. So, nice. you know, yeah. they're cool the first few times you walk after them, but then you're like, oh, look, there's more moss there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But also there's a kind of a thing here about leaving people alone. You know, that's like you're kind of like nothing shouts how green you are, like being a dork about like someone famous here. You know, it's like within mm-hmm. the first week of being here, if you leave your house and do anything, you're going to see a bunch of people that are, you know, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then uh, and that wears off. You get over it pretty quick. I want to talk to you a little bit about the album because then I feel like I, you know, I've kind of duped you. Um, but I'm, the thing that I'm super curious about with this new record, and I'm not going to gush and tell you how good it is because I know that you know that. Are we talking but about when, Kill the Kill? Yeah, yeah. Okay. When when you started off on that on that sort of journey, because you mentioned before that you can tell which songs are going to cut through and which ones are going to be the singles, right? Like when you start off and that you go, okay, these are the songs that are gonna that are gonna cut through. Um, do you think about like these are gonna be our deeper cuts? These are gonna be the more sort of I don't want to say fan favorites, but I'm going to. Um, or you know, do you think about it in terms of like we want every song to cut through and and be a standout? Like, is there a balancing there, or am I just making that shit up? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to zoom in and out to tough. Uh like when you're in the midst of uh of making it sometimes but i mean there's some you know there's some that when you get them like 
you know, obviously for me, like from a crowded wound, I knew a long time ago, that song's 10 years old. So that song mm-hmm. like, was something that I wrote like 10 years ago. And the only reason I didn't finish it 10 years ago is because I knew that I didn't, it just, I just didn't have it to where I thought it could go, you know? So like I set it aside and didn't work on it 10 years ago because I just knew that I couldn't get it to what I thought it could be. So like, obviously like there's some things that you're like, you know, you really know that there's something special about it and, and you really are aware of it and there's other things where like i mean dude there's plenty of times where i didn't think a song was going to be i'm talking you know i talked about dillinger there's plenty of times where i didn't Mm -hmm. think something was like fucking that that killer and like then it's kind of it kind of became a different thing and like was like oh you know that like it grew differently than you thought it was going to like either when you're working on it or recording it or when you're when you hear the finished thing or even when you hear it live like something's hit differently than you think they're going to hit and then it changes the way that you think about the song but sometimes you know like there's plenty of times when you you know like you hear a chorus especially for choruses i'm like i know like i knew I, like i know like when a certain chorus is happening i'm like okay yeah that's that's going to be a single you know that's not mm-hmm. as obvious and then there's other times when you're like yeah this is going to be an album cut for sure or like you don't try to make every song a single you try to like my thing is like you try to get out of the way of the song and let the song be what it's going to be like if the song is going to be nine minutes long and it, that's where it seems like it's trying to go. Like, don't fucking force it to be a three and a half minute song. You know what I mean? Just get out of its way. See where it's trying to go. Like, let it be what it wants to be. And then get it there. Like, but like, if a song's naturally a three and a half minute banger, like, get out of that too. You know, get out of the way of that too. Let it happen. You know, don't, don't feel guilty that you just wrote a single. You know, don't try to mm-hmm. make it longer or throw in some weird breakdown just for the fuck of it. You know, just like, you just got to get out of the way of the thing. You know, I, I, it's like I said, the older you get, the more you're like, I have control over this stuff, but only to a certain certain extent, you know, and then you mm-hmm. just got to get out of the way. Oh, yeah, because I, I guess the thing that's been really interesting for me talking to a lot of bands um, about this is that sort of shift. I mean, obviously, we all live like online now, right? And everyone's kind of used to that. And we sort of we sort of get it. But how I've been talking to some bands about how it's been sort of changing their approach to songwriting, right? So one band I spoke to out of um, the UK was talking about how they're just going to write singles for the next couple of years. I mean, for you guys, is there a sense of like, you know, you've been doing albums for, like you said, 20 years. Is there a sense of just keeping on with we're going to do albums or have you kind of revisited the way you wanted to, um, you know, do this album cycle given, you know, the global clusterfuck? I don't care about that. Like, I would never, ever allow external circumstances to dictate my output. That's Mm -hmm. fucking ridiculous. That's embarrassing. Like, like you. Like if you're art, if you're actually an artist, like you, your output is is what it is, and I would never allow format or fucking time period or circumstance like to to dictate that. Like if you if you're gonna write an album, you write an album because that's what happened, you know. Like you wrote an album, that's there there it is, you know. But if you did write two songs and you were like, that's a finished thought, that's a complete thought. Again, like just make it a two song single, or if you write an EP, let it be an EP. But like, don't go into. I I never go into anything trying to write a certain kind of song, trying to write a certain kind of lyric, trying to come up with a certain style, trying to write a certain format. It's like you just start writing, and then when the thing is what it is, you don't go any further, you know? So it's like if you have fucking two songs and you start to seem like you're writing a third one and it's coming really naturally and it feels connected to those other two's thought process, fucking keep going. If you get a fourth one, you get a fourth one. Keep fifth one, keep fifth one. If it stops after fucking five, then you have an EP. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? If, like... Like, don't force that EP to be a full length. And, you know, by the same time, if you have a finished thought and it's fucking 12 songs long, don't be like, well, I'm going to break this up into 12 singles because of the fucking time period that we're in. It's embarrassing. Just do do the thing that, let the thing be what it's going to be, you know? Like, that's going to stand the test of time. Like, 50 years from now, no one's going to look back at your output and be like, oh, 
you know, this guy is fucking, you know, this happened during COVID. Like, it's like, dude, like, either it's good or it's good. It's, it's like, let it, you know, fuck, dude. If, if you're a fucking, again, if you're a movie maker and you have an idea that can be wrapped up in 30 minutes, then guess what, dude? You made a fucking TV show. Don't take that fucking 30 minute idea and try to beat it into a two hour movie just because you want to make a movie, you know, and vice versa. Like, don't take your two hour movie and fucking beat it down into a 30 minute show just because that's what people are telling you is, you know, more sellable right now or like, fuck, do your thing. I fucking love that. I feel like there are so many um, directors and artists and stuff that, that could take that little piece of advice and just apply it to their whole lives. Yeah, because they're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. One thing I'm curious about too is like, do you find that now your voice as a songwriter is pretty cemented, or do you come up with shit that still surprises you? You go, "Fuck, that was left field," but I dig it. Um, yeah. I mean, I know you're never gonna do dubstep, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed ten years ago that like the Black Queen would have happened, and like I wouldn't have guessed. Fucking, I don't know. Like I didn't. I wouldn't have guessed three years ago that I was gonna put a solo record out. So I, I don't know, man. Like I just, I'm just on the, I'm on the adventure, you know. Like I feel like, here's the thing, you can't, you gotta tell yourself that you're not the person that you were yesterday. It's really important. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot. You have to tell yourself that you're the person that you are today and the person that you're gonna be tomorrow. Because when you were a kid, you didn't know what the fuck you were, and you were excited to figure that out. You're excited to find out. You weren't a guitar player. You weren't a singer. You weren't a writer. You weren't a journalist. You weren't a fucking. You didn't know anything. You didn't know fucking anything. And that's what makes life exciting. And the second you tell yourself this is what I am, and you start defining yourself, like you're basically saying that's it. You know, like there's no more adventure. It's like, you know, it's you did do those things, and you and they are, they are a part of you, and they are something that you can be proud of, and you can continue to do them if they still resonate with you. But if they don't. You, you can let them go and you could fucking dude. I could fucking buy a trumpet right now, spend the next year of my life playing trumpet. What am I going to tell myself? I can't do that because I'm not a trumpeter, you know, like I can do what the fuck I want. Like, so if you're a creative person, you're a creative person. If you put a fucking xylophone in David Lynch's hands and tell him the only way that he's allowed to create is by using that xylophone, he's going to come up with something way more fucking creative than some guy that went to school for xylophone playing, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta not tell yourself that you're fucking, you know, set in stone already. You gotta, you have to not calcify and you have to, you know, be proud of what you've done and own what you've done. And be, and if you're a badass at something, be like, yeah, don't, don't be, you know, too humble that you don't own your shit. Like own your shit and be like, yeah, I'm a badass at doing this thing, but that's not all I am. And I'm not quite sure exactly where it's all going. And that's how, you know, kind of, kind of where I, where I feel right now. Like I used to feel like the combo of, uh. Like, I used to feel a lot more pressure to maintain, like, something that I had already done. Or, and mm-hmm. conversely, I would feel like I wasn't as good as, you know, or, or, or like, I wasn't, I refused to allow myself to know that I was as good as, you know, other people would tell me I was or something. So, but now I'm like, you know, no, no, I'm, I'm, I know that I'm good at this XYZ, but, like, I, I'm not going to say that's all I am. So, you, you know, fucking uh, let shit be, I don't know, own your shit, but let shit be open-ended, too. How did you learn to, like, shake off that pressure? Because a career like yours must come with a lot of out, um, external sort of yeah. force and, you know. Well, I'm extremely competitive with myself, like extremely. And that overrides anything, any other thing. So any time in my life that I've ever been scared of something, I want to I do it. You know, and any time in my life, the, the, my favorite combination is being scared and excited at the same time. So if you find something in your life that is making you scared and excited, that's a pretty good indicator that there's a lot of growth on the other side of that and like a lot of self-discovery on the other side of that and like I, you know you want to to me that's where the excitement happens you know is is uh is seeing that thing that you're scared of and excited by and doing it and the more and when you start to go down that path 
the fear goes away and the, mm-hmm. and, and the excitement grows. And then you're like, oh, shit, this was a good idea. I'm so glad that I, I didn't cower in the corner and, and be scared of that. And, uh, and the more you do that, the more it just reinforces to you that you always have to make that decision. So, you mm-hmm. know, to me, just... And, then, and the more you trust your instincts, you know, if your instincts are telling you as an artist, like there's nothing worse than repression, They're like repressing your own instincts. So, you know, if your instinct is like, hey, I'm going to make this kind of this kind of song is trying to come out of me. I'm not going to let myself do that because that's not what people know me for. You're why? What are you doing? Then you're the second you make that decision, your audience owns you and you're following them. You're no longer in charge. And that's weak. You know, that's artistically weak. You're no longer an artist, you're a product, you're a commodity and you're a dancing monkey and someone's just throwing money at you to do the thing that you already did. And I don't want to do that. You know, then someone else is your boss and I don't want a boss. So I'm going to do what I want all the time and whatever. Did you have to have that sort of, not maybe not necessarily that one, but like a similar pep talk with yourself when you went from Dillinger to Killer Be Killed? I have that pep talk to myself every single day. Like I have to yeah. tell my, I mean, I'm, every single day in my life, I have imaginary I, I make imaginary, uh, I have imaginary competitors and imaginary people and imaginary uh, voices that are trying to tell me, don't do that, can't do that. And even if I'm not feeling them, I will make them up just to fucking have something to prove something to and just to overcome something and just to just to give me and like I really get off on like kind of, you know, being defiant. So it's like just to give me something to defy, you know, even if it doesn't exist, like if I'm making some making something that. It sounds completely different than anything I've ever done. And I feel great about it. And I'm not worried about it at all. I will still tell myself that there's people out there that are going to be like, fuck this shit, just so I can be like, fuck you, you know, to him. I, lo- I mean, I love that mentality, right? Like, for me, I'm slowly, slowly getting there. But it's a, like an active you? thing all the time. Uh, 28. Yeah, man, it takes time. When I was 28 years old, I was much more uncertain and insecure and kind of didn't take myself as seriously as I do now. And like, kind of like, you know, you get, you're like, feel like guilty or embarrassed for taking yourself seriously. And like, like totally. Yeah. You, but, but you, you get over it, man. If That's one of you, the... you know, or you'll fucking not, and then you'll hate yourself forever. <laughs> I mean, that took a bit of a left turn. I was like, yeah, feeling empowered, but you know, the other side of the <laughs> well, coin is just as true. It's your choice. You know, that's what I tell everybody. It's like your choice, man. It's like, you can either own your shit and fucking step up your, or you can, or you can not, and then you'll change your narrative because everyone changes their narrative to sort to, to fit the outcome. So that's when people go, oh, you know, I gave it my best shot and I tried and it didn't work out. Or, you know, I tried to do that thing and it didn't really work. And it's like, no, you didn't. Did you? No, you didn't. You fucking thought about it and you gave like a 30% effort and like you told yourself that that was 100%, but it wasn't. So shut the fuck up. Like, you know, just own your shit. If you didn't do, if you, if you were scared and you didn't act on something, yeah, don't tell yourself that you didn't really want to do it. Yeah, you did. You know, like, don't change the fucking story to fit the outcome. So, you know, I feel like so many people, especially here, you see that all the time, you know, people that like should have been in a bigger band or should have been, uh, you know, should have had their script made or something like that. It's like, well, you didn't. So. And I feel like the world is at our fingertips now, like fucking more than ever, you know, like there are resources and ever that everyone can access to get that shit done and to sort of push themselves beyond that point. And, and you should want to figure out how good you actually are. You know, it's like, go it's figure out where your ceiling is, you know, cause everyone is going to hit the ceiling eventually as far as what they can and can't do. And, you know, you should want that. Like, I feel like, you know, if you have an undefeated record, you want to find the guy that's going to beat you, you know, like mm. if you go in, you know, you want to get, you want to face the highest competition, like within yourself, you know, everything, like you want to collaborate with the most people to find out where your limits are, you know, you want to just like, 
just see what you're made of, you know? And that to me is like, that's half the fun of all this artistic journey is just really, you know, seeing what, seeing what you're made of, like seeing what you have to offer. And, you know, when, when you get rid of the limitations, there's a lot more there than you thought. And that's, that's why it always trips me out when people stay in like one genre of music forever or, or not even one genre. They just keep making songs that sound fucking exactly the same over and over and over and over and over again. I'm like, what a trip. Like, that's really what you want to say? Oh, you just want to tell me the same fucking story, but like using different sentences over and over and over and over and over and over. It's like, fuck, dude. Like, that, I don't, that must feel so crazy inside. Mm. Like that, doesn't that make you feel like anxious to know that like you're... You had like success at one thing, so now you're just gonna keep repeating it because you're too scared to lose. What are you scared to lose? Like the, the guy that keeps giving you money to, to become like a dancing monkey? Like that should have that should offend you, you know? Dude, these have been some amazing life lessons. I really <laughs> old, I, old old Greg is like Yoda, dude. Wait, I t- I, I got a call. <laughs> I got I turned forty and I just became like Yoda. Just now, now I just sit around. I'm like you know, just like let me tell you something, son. But and I just tell you, uh, I just give you little trinkets of knowledge every now and then. I fucking love it. I'm gonna go and and listen to your music with like a completely <laughs> different point of view now, and I'll be like, man, he's just been dropping this shit for years. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I'm like three minutes behind this other guy who's trying to hit me up. Like, Sorry, dude. Too long. If you got one more, uh, give it to me. I'm like a Zoltar machine right now. Just, just little. <laughs> no, man. I am all good. I do really appreciate your time, though. So thank you, dude. That was my conversation with Greg Picardo from Killer Be Killed talking about the band's new record, Reluctant Hero. We've now got the first single from the album, which is actually out now, and you can check out on Spotify. Go and buy a CD version if you want to, um, iTunes, and all of that other cool shit. The first single from the record is Dream Gone Bad. It's the song we heard at the start of this episode, and here it is in full. If you enjoyed this episode, as always, please give us a like, a follow, a share. Tell a friend that likes Dillinger Escape Plan, likes Kill or Be Killed, likes heavy music. Get them to listen, maybe do a bit of a retweet. A little bit goes a really long way to helping out. We'll be back next week. We've got some awesome stuff still coming up, including interviews with Bad Nerves and Dublin's own The Winter Passing. (laughs) 